I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick live in Las Vegas. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr. We got a great show coming up for you guys today. We are presented by 1-800-Flowers.com, DraftKings official flowers for Valentine's. We got flowers all over the set we right do. now. We're back at Radio Row today, and we got a doozy, Dad. It is uh, starting to put the foot all the way down on wow. the gas here at Radio Row. I mean, this is when it starts to get humping here, and it is going to get nothing but crazier. A lot more people milling around. Yeah. The stuff. Stars are out now, Millie. You can always tell because when Mike and I walk around here, we walk around by ourselves. Yes. When the stars walk around here, they have an entourage. They do. We are we are an entourage of none. We have seen a lot of entourages <laughs> yeah. today. We have some that are going to join the show. We're hoping to talk to Kendrick Bourne, free right. agent wide receiver, is going to be joining us here. Anthony Munoz, the right. Hall of Famer. For my money, the greatest left tackle to ever play professional football going right. to join us. Robbie Gold, 18-year uh, <clears throat> veteran kicker. Uh -huh. We had a little kicking experience yes. there, a little redemption story for me that we'll explain. Yes, in we will. In addition to Jay Glazer that's going to join us. And Dan Levitard. Our buddy from the Dan Levitard show, never been on the show with us here, hasn't been out to the Super Bowl, Stu got said, since 2005. That's the amazing thing to me is is he he shunned it. I mean, when the Super Bowl was in Miami, he I think he went to New he Orleans. Left. He went he, to New Orleans. He got out of Dodge. So just to have.
have Dan at a Super Bowl or something, but then to get him on the show, we are really looking forward to that. We dragged him out to Radio yeah. Row. Usually, I always had to sneak into the Levitard sphere with Stu Gotts. I was the forbidden lover. Dan would leave, and Stu Gotts would bring me down here, <laughs> and we'd share in those times. So now we got Dan coming up here. So again, Kendrick Bourne, Anthony Munoz, Dan Levitard, Jay Glazer, Robbie Gold. We got it wall-to-wall packed here today. But can I just say, Dad, you mentioned the entourages going around and some of the bigger stars starting yes. to show up today. I saw two people that reminded me that other people's better is just better. The first one, no surprise, Shannon Sharp. Club Shay Shay around here. That man. Well, I, so I'm wearing like a bit of like a cashmere sweater today. He's got one as well that is just all muscle. It looks like it is painted on to his very large, still playable body. Wasn't there a, a tweet or a something, Instagram something of him working out and he was like, had the 110 dumbbells doing incline press. Oh, his TikTok is just full of workout was, videos, and I pray I they like, never stop. I mean, the pin would fly out of my shoulder. Yes. I, I mean, I can't even fathom picking that up off the ground, and he's working out with it. He's I mean, ragdolling he, it. Absolutely. Because we, we always see in former players, you go, you go, oh, that guy could play. That guy could still play. That. Oh, yeah. I see Mel Blunt to this day. Man, Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt to this day from the Steelers decades ago. That man looks like he could strap it up and give you a series. Six foot four black cowboy <laughs> I just mean, rolling up to you there with bad oh. intentions. Not what you want here. The other one I saw, Dad, around here in Radio Row, the other <laughs> former player that has obviously made a lot of waves lately was Cam Newton. Yeah. And I'll say this. I saw Cam Newton walking into Radio Row today, and my first thought was, I get why he said what he said about Brock Purdy. I get why he looks at the two of them and goes, we are not the same. Oh. We don't do the same, and we don't influence our team the same. Because all the discourse that we have around Brock Purdy, that is a tractor trailer that happened to play quarterback in the NFL. I will never forget my last preseason game with the Pittsburgh Steelers was against the uh, Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Cam comes running out, and I remember hearing Ryan Clark talk about it years later going, that was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this if they're making quarterbacks yeah. that look like I mean, that. just an absolute freak at the size that he was. And this isn't Still. to take any away anything away from Brock Purdy and what he's done no but I just get why Cam yeah. feels the way yeah. that he does yeah Cam was uh, what he and and by the way if he you know out of football it could be a model if he wanted to oh as well God, I mean yeah. talk, why just having it all yeah I mean incredible the NFL's most handsome quarterback yeah. for the entire time he was in the league undefeated without a doubt so that's the kind of energy we've got going right now here boots on the ground in Las Vegas where again we're going to continue to be here all week if you miss any of us catch it wherever you get your podcast we're one to three Pacific we are four to six Eastern this week the show from yesterday aired this morning from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern all the housekeeping stuff there dad but we are marching closer towards the game all we this are. energy means we're getting closer and closer to this right now the teams who have done most of their game planning last week are now just putting the finishing touches on this week which means we get to start to look a little bit more specifically at this game. And we got props. Prop bets. This, I got, mean. this got you jacked up, man. You're walking around. My dad gets physical paper, and yeah. he's like a kid in the candy store here. Yeah. And he's waving around the greatest gridiron prop list that yeah. DraftKings I, has put out heading up to this game. I, 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 don't want, I don't want stuff on the computer I print out. I print on the every day the show gets a rundown. I print it out. Oh, and it's unbelievably frustrating. Why is it frustrating? Why does it frustrate you? It doesn't affect you. No, it does, because this is how it goes. We use a Google Doc to prepare for the show. The Google Doc's living and breathing, which means it can change at any time, and we update it all the time. And that means if anything changes after my dad has printed out this sheet yeah. and we try and reference it, all of a sudden my dad's scrambling, he's yelling and getting frustrated with us because this isn't what's on the sheet, and I'm telling him the sheet moves, and he doesn't understand how that works, even though we've tried to set this up for you on your iPad. The Google Doc is so long. I mean, 
mean? It just never gets short and everything never cleared away. I keep going through and then everybody emails it and the emails, there's a million emails. I'm trying to find the Google Doc in there. It's come on. That's why you've got it's your one so sheet It's so easy. He's got one sheet. Sheets of paper. Okay, make it so much easier. But that does cost me when all of a sudden I see a segment's going to be this and we're going in another direction. I'm like, when the hell did that happen? Yeah. They're like, look at the Google Doc. I'm like, oh, God. All right, well, Dad, you've got your, I uh, do. you've got your IRL Google Doc here now. So uh, but before we even get to the, to oh the, to the prop list, I saw a couple of these, and the, these are all, I always love these. So I believe Kansas City is wearing the red jerseys, yes, right? Yes, the Kansas City so Chiefs are the AFC's the home team. San Francisco will be wearing their white jerseys. Teams wearing their white jerseys are 16 and three in the Super Bowl since 2004. Wow, I mean would, it's a look good, feel good thing. I mean, would that would that make you go, oh, I'm going to lean that way on a bet? Well, I mean, no, would, would, because would, I'm not an idiot. Okay, but so you're saying those that do are idiots. Well, yes, they That's are. Right. See, okay. I tend to believe in more concrete analytics, like all the 13 related numbers that you gave me oh yesterday my surrounding oh my Taylor God. Swift. Stop, stop. Those so are the real facts. If you had to make a, a, a nickel wager, would you use the teams wearing their white jerseys in the Super Bowl of one uh, 16, uh, 16 and three in the last since 2004, or the team that's won the coin toss has lost? eight of the last nine Super Bowls. Which one would you give more credence to? So I would go the white jerseys just because in this case it coincides with the team that happens to be the favorite. Like it's total randomness based on how they alternate who the home team and who the away team is there. And so I got a pretty good shot with two good teams in the Super Bowl just saying, oh yeah, the team that's in the white has a pretty good chance of winning. So when you were a captain... What I was, was never you? a captain. Not in, well, not in college, in high school. No, high school. Was, well, yeah. whenever, you, whenever you were a captain, you got to call a coin flip. The, the, you know what? Whether you're playing Little League or in the Super Bowl, they do a coin flip. I just felt like you did that to make me feel bad. No, no, no. I didn't. I, ah. Because what you did in high school is the same thing they're going to do Sunday. is a coin flip. Uh, the only difference is you called it when it was in the air. Now you don't. Now you got to yes. call it before because of all the things. What did you always call? Tails. I was always tails. Tails too. never fails. That's what I said as well. Always tails. I just feel like once that once you have a saying associated with something, yeah, it's hard to, to go away it. from yeah. it. And honestly, that does feel like because again, there's no actual rhyme or reason. It's a fifty-fifty like everything right. else. But it's just like the analytics conference <clears throat> or, uh, conversation where once people decide you're supposed to kick the field goal here and take the points, then that becomes what we have to do. Like tails right. never fails. So okay. we've got that, and you can bet certainly on the coin <laughs> toss result. Yep. You can bet on things like the Gatorade color, which we talked about with Stormy Bonatoni the I other day. I didn't realize it's never, never, been, been, red. Red. never been red. Never been red. That's amazing. So red or other, other seems like a pretty good bet on this, Dad. What are some other things that stuck out to you on this list here as we look at it now? For me, I am always going to point people towards the direction of the thick six. A big man, any big man, an OT or a DT. I don't know why it says OT or DT. It should involve, I guess, a guard you could put out there. You'd have to put him in a tight end yeah, spot Yeah, it's usually an I OT. They're the usually the better usually. athletes, right? Uh, yeah. Big man touchdown, yes or no up there now. The jersey number of the first touchdown score oh. the over-under set at 22 and a half. Ooh, I like that. But I'm still outside of the football things. Length of the national anthem. Yeah, that's always a big Is one. Is that... Now, and what I don't know, is that when the music starts or the singing? Well, it's basically it's the same the, time. It's the first note. The first note. Okay. Yeah. I always think that one could lead to trouble, don't you? Because the person singing it practices it and knows how long it is. 
So oh, wouldn't they be able to dish that I, off to some friends? I remember last year. They keep that under lock and key. Me and Brandon were at Super Bowl opening light last year in Arizona, and we walked up. One of the security guards Brandon had been talking to had been there the day before for the anthem rehearsal, and we were trying to prod her to yeah. get a little answer. Nothing. Wouldn't budge for anything. Understood there. With the riches at her. But how about kindness. the person singing it they know? You think they're going to slide that info to family and friends? I mean, they could if they were good family or friends You members, would think so, so right? Okay. Reba. I believe is the one doing the national anthem. Reba McIntyre, right? Reba McIntyre. Yep, yep. So yeah, Post Malone is doing "God Bless America," I believe. Yes. Yeah. So Jason Fitz is also going to join us later in the show. Obviously, background former fiddle, play, fiddle player, right. the band player, but and he has played the fiddle national anthem at, he, at events. He has, and so I, I will be interested to hear his approach on how they usually evaluate this stuff as we look at that one. Dad, any of the football oh, ones stick first out to you? Te- I, see, I like the odd ones. First team to call a timeout. Ooh, how about that one? I love that one. I mean, one. Andy Reid gets some of the clock management stuff every once in a while. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if he got to be it got to be him. Either team misses a field goal. I like that one as well. Um, and then you have, like, the total first half point that's over, what is it, over 23 and a half. I don't know. I mean, you look at the game uh, like Baltimore, where Kansas City went down and scored right away, and Baltimore seemed sure. to take them out of their offense. But I like both of these defenses, and, and – it is normally those first couple of drives where if there are scores, I always say, don't worry, everybody's going to settle in. Yeah. But I, I don't know if we're going to get these scores right off the bat. I'm almost leaning to the under on the first quarter. See, I actually look at both of these teams and say because of the play callers that they've got, both of these great architects of offense who are great. When people talk about the opening game script for a game, you hear all the time, they script the first 15 plays. Usually within the body of those 15 plays, you're trying to throw a lot of different things at a defense to try and figure out how they react. Hey, when we motion this player, does someone run with him? How do they adjust coverage? If we burst out into this formation, if we start condensed and we get real wide, how do they adjust to all that? You're trying to get information, but you've got two quarterbacks that are both adept at making the right, right decision right. even early on with that. And it's a lot for a defense to try and process. Dad, I'm sure for you guys, you come out there, you've studied a team on tape all week, and then you're getting a bunch of their best punches one after another right, right away. We usually see it takes defense as a drive or two to get their feet under. It, it absolutely does. That's why it, 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 no matter how it starts, out. Well, we saw that in Detroit yeah. and San Francisco, right? Detroit came out and punched him right in the mouth, and it was like, okay, let's see what happens when they settled in. It took them into the third quarter to do it, but they finally did it. I like this one. First team in the opponent's red zone. Red zone team there. Well, and this that seems to me to be much more of a potential for the Kansas City Chiefs, given how they've had to operate on offense. Much more methodical, much more grinded out. We'd expect a lot of this in that game. I heard Mina Kimes and Dominique Foxworth were talking about the uh, San Francisco 49ers are not a team that loads up the box a ton. Right, exactly. Meaning they tend to play with a lot of light boxes. They let their guys try and handle that there. And as of late, they have not, which is an invitation for the Chiefs to try and condense things down, run it down their throats. This 49ers offense, much more capable. And, Dad, I'm sure you've noticed this as you're getting ready for this game. Again, calling it for Westwood 1 on the sideline. I'm sure you've noticed the San Francisco 49ers, much more of a big play offense, one of the best in the league this entire year. They are. And I'll give you a little little bit to chew on for that uh, first one in the opponent's red zone. This past year, San Francisco's defense allowed 44 red zone drives, second fewest in the NFL behind Cleveland. Wow. So they don't they don't let people in the red zone much. Well, they didn't let that in the red in the regular season much. Right. 
in the postseason, I want to go back. I'll have to go back and look but at it, that and it see has what the been last couple games. Just because people have been able to grind out a living on they the ground have, for that. Right. I, I guess my thought process with this is I could see a world where the 49ers score big and out from longer than the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think are going to have to play this close to the best. Agreed. Have to grind out long drives. And there's less big playability outside of really Travis Kelsey. Completely and agreed. And in a couple spots we've seen MBS, but they tend to hold those for some of the bigger moments. Big playability to me goes to San Francisco. I can't believe that just happened. Playability goes to Kansas City because sure. of Patrick Mahomes. But you're right. This is the other thing to understand about San Francisco. Basically, since Kyle Shanahan has been there, they have led the league or been second in the league in yards after catch. Sure. They, and, and that's not to say Brock Purdy just dumps little, you know, side passes, little swing passes. He also airs it out more than any other quarterback downfield. But they do go with the swing passes, the slants, the bubble screens. And these receivers are very – and that's another thing about Brock Purdy when he gets ripped for being – being a game manager, there is a monster difference in throwing a slant, throwing a swing pass, and throwing it accurate enough to let your guy go for yards after the catch. How many times do you see a swing pass out to a back and he's got to reach behind him and didn't just spin all the way around? Or a slant pass where a receiver's got to go back behind and stop his momentum. Sure. He hits him on the money to where they can continue for yards after the catch. Enough to get over five and a half touchdowns in this game overall. That's the number for total touchdowns in this game. And that's <clears> fascinating <throat> to me because hmm. when we talk about the game script for this game that favors either team, I think most people seem pretty unanimously in on, hey, if this this game hits the over, and 47 and a half right. is the over that we've been operating on for most of the week. I need to check and see if that's moved at all. But that's been 47 and a half. And I've always said, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, it's going to be on the under. It's going to be them being able to turn this game into more of a rock fight than we're used to, which is, it feels antithetical. It does not feel like anything we've ever said about the Chiefs before in prior iterations. But for the 49ers, if this becomes a track meet, this skews overwhelmingly in favor of them. We talked to Michael Lombardi about this early in the week. They were a great team during the regular season. We haven't seen their A game show up yet. But if both of these teams play their absolute best game at this point with their current roster, San Francisco is going to win yeah I, I absolutely agree with that look for a lot of motion in this game as well look for Mike talks about the scripted plays in the beginning and what an offense tries to do is 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 basically it's for the the coaches up in the booth to look down and say for the defense to say okay what are they running so offensively I think especially from San Francisco because they have so many weapons you're going to see inside run outside run swing to McCaffrey pass to try and get Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle all involved in those first couple of series to throw it out there to see how the defense reacts and how it's eventually going to settle in. Yeah, more moving parts certainly for the Kansas City Chiefs defense uh, than we're going to have with the 49ers, which has kind of been my beef with them is it seems like it's been a very stagnant group. It feels like they don't change the picture a lot. And when you don't do that, you give the offense, the yep. opposing team, a, a great chance yep. unless you to go out there and see what you're hitting. Like I've always said for offensive line, I want to if I can see the picture clearly and the picture doesn't change post snap, I got a really good chance to know where I want to go and how fast I need to get there. If the 49ers want to line up like that and their great players don't make great individual efforts, it's kind of the criticism we had right. for years of Mike yep. McCarthy's offense. Where, And we talked about this uh, earlier in the day with Dan Marino in another conversation we were having off air about how, hey, when you're a great quarterback, you like the picture to be still. Because if you got guys that can make plays, you're confident in yourself to see everything well enough and get the ball to where it needs to go. If you've got players that aren't going out there and making plays in the 49ers, it has not been that consistent up in that front seven. Now, all of a sudden, you're just making life so much easier up 
mentally for the opposing offense to try and digest. Right. It's one of the things, you know, to, to go into the weeds a little bit. You saw what Jordan Love did with Green Bay and what Matt LaFleur likes to do. Well, a lot of times Aaron Rodgers wasn't a big fan of that. Aaron Rodgers yeah. liked a set. And he loved to take the play clock down to almost the end to, to, to end of the play clock because he knew by then the defense was going to have to show what they sure. were going to do. And now he knew the defense where in all the bells and whistles of movement, it's another way to try and get your defense to show. If a guy goes in motion, does one guy follow him? Do they just roll the defense? You know, his own man is trying to figure it out that way. But Aaron was always a guy who liked to say, I want to just sit there be in this, let me take it down all the way, and I'm going to know exactly what they're in. It's just different ways of finding out the same information. It's kind of why, going all the way back to our initial conversation about Brock Purdy, the way that he's perceived as a quarterback, a lot of it is, hey, when you've got these offenses that have been built for guys like him, for guys like Tua, that have all these moving parts, it's perceived that that's being done to make life easier on them right. versus some right. of these other quarterbacks. And we've seen it with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy's <clears throat> offense this year. There's a degree of difficulty that becomes more impressive to people that are watching when all of a sudden it's, hey, you're just looking for a guy to get a one-on-one -on -one win, and then the quarterback's going to throw that thing through a keyhole and make it happen. That's why, really leading up to, I think it was the Buffalo game for Dallas, Dak Prescott was the leader in the clubhouse for a lot of people right, in the MVP right. race because what him and CeeDee Lamb were able to do, what the rest of that receiving core were able to do with an offense that was much more stagnant than a lot of their peers, visually, I think, renders a lot more impressive than an offense like this where you can get a lot of wide-open throws. You talk about Brock throwing accurately. It's also easy to do that when there's wide-open right. green grass yep. around a lot of the routes the way that we've seen in the Shanahan, McVay, all the offenses that fall under this tree. I'll give you the last prop that I, that I like. Number of players to attempt a pass. Oh, two yeah. And, it's at two and a half. So does another player or does a quarterback get nicked and another quarterback have to come in and throw a pass? That becomes three. Or is there a player like a Debo Samuel or somebody that throws a pass? I mean, if Andy <clears> Reid <throat> doesn't have a pass play for Travis yeah. Kelsey yes. drawn up in the red zone of the Super Bowl <laughs> with the year that he's had, then I feel like I don't know Big Red at all anymore. Those are some of the great props. We'll take a look at that and plenty more matchups heading into Super Bowl 58 as we roll on here at Gojo and Golik. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back. 
the sights, sounds, and scenes, and a lot of smells out here in Las yeah, Vegas. Is. But you know what? As much as anything this week, Gojo and Golik here on the DraftKings Network right now, we are coming back here, and we are presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. We got NFL wide receiver Kendrick Bourne joining us now, who's kind of emblematic of the weird weather we've been having <laughs> in Vegas right now. Awesome bomber up top, shorts on the bottom. You got to be the comfiest man in Radio Row right yes, now. Yes, sir, man. I'm feeling good. Being able to walk around, you know, a little, little free, <laughs> still warm. But, it's on balance. But Vegas has given us a little bit of the, the cold, wet early in the week. Now it looks like it'll be drier, but still a little chilly. Yeah, thank God. I'm, I'm not being outside too much. Uh, no pools open, nothing. So no, it, it's kind of no. weird seeing it, but I'm just like, okay, we hanging out in the hotel inside. I would yep. say not the usual Vegas offseason no. trip that most NFL guys have in mind, right? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It is not. So it, it, it's funny, man. It's definitely different. <laughs> a little bit different. So listen, being around here now for you right now, free agent currently at the mm -hmm. moment here, what is it like being back around the Super Bowl environment for a week, seeing a team that you're very familiar with in the 49ers back on the stage? It's actually great, man. It's funny how, you know, my career has uh, resonated uh, again with the Niners. So it's funny how I'm just back and, and kind of still have a connection with the team. I think that's the awesome thing about football. When you play for different organizations, um, obviously they gave me my first opportunity. So I want those guys to get it, man. And uh, it's just good to be in this environment. And uh, we'll see how they do. So reliving the Super Bowl that you, you went through, what are the players like to today is Wednesday of the, you know, you had the yep. bye. So what went on in, in the first week off and then what's going on today as the guys get, they all get ready? So I think it's kind of the same. So like Monday, <clears throat> it's kind of like a day off. Obviously, they might just get here, do some things, and then Tuesday is like a more another day off in a sense. So they're just getting acclimated. And Wednesday we practiced. I think Tuesday we took pictures and did all the media right. stuff. Okay. Yeah, they had us busy. So, and then uh, Wednesday practice, Thursday practice, and then Friday kind of. But the game plan was in though, right? Yeah, game plan was in. So like they have that two weeks. So they kind of practice that first week and then going into another week of practice so they kind of know exactly what they're doing is just getting those finishing touches we always hear people talk about hey guys got to do a good job of managing the noise and all mm -hmm. these outside things but how difficult is it when you're in it all of a sudden to really try and block that out and focus on your craft yeah because when they do that whole little meetup between both teams both teams there they got both yeah. quarterbacks on stage it's it's hard to ignore you're, you're you're right in it so it's almost just embracing it i feel like and enjoying it because it's rare man like i never forget coming out of that tunnel and just going out there to show our faces and it was a great like time and I just soaked it all in so anybody getting overwhelmed as a player man just just keep you know keep going and treating it the same don't get caught up but also enjoy it and soak it in were you able to sleep the night before <laughs> I was really so yeah so like me I I like the limelight stuff. I, you know what I mean? Like Wide the receiver, there's a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm a <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I don't mind. So, but there are certain players that don't work like that. Sure, so right. uh, anybody that's like that, you know, don't don't look up in the lights. <laughs> just, just focus on, you know, however you do it, however you lock in, do that. You mentioned you know, wide receiver. In this offense mm -hmm. specifically, Kyle Shanahan, so much of us talk about the moving parts. Take us inside that for what it takes yeah. to be a successful receiver in this offense yeah. and how guys like Debo and Brandon Ayuk yeah. have been able to do that. That's a great question. Uh, it's just the buy-in. You have to want to block. So you, sure. you see them blocking Jawan and all those guys. I, Debo, they're blocking. They're, they're giving Christian McCaffrey lanes to run. So those little details make them the great team they are. If you don't want to buy in, every, like George Kittle, he, he's over here blocking D Lyman, like putting him in a dirt and oh. and it's crazy. You know what I'm Ridiculous. saying? Ridiculous. check doing blocking. He's pushing one guy, then going to the next. Those little details, 
they're all bought in. So that's why they're always competing for the championship, NFC championship, whatever it may be, because the buy-in is there. Yeah, Kittle played at Iowa. Uh, they all know how to they, block. They, 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 they stick their face they, right in someone's chest. Yeah. Every, and, and loving it, smiling. Yeah. Every Iowa football player, no matter what position they play, is also part offensive <laughs> yeah, lineman. That's just how that doubt. school is structured. So And it's great. Tell, take us into the start of the game with a Kyle Shanahan and the, the first couple of series, the script, and, and what he's trying to accomplish in that first series or two. Establishing a run game. I was mm, saying it okay. earlier to my agent, like he he has to establish a run game in 2019 in the in the rematch. This the rematch, but the first right. one, we didn't run the ball enough. We didn't we didn't establish it in, in my opinion. So the play action really wasn't there. The downfield throw. So if they can get those guys in Kansas City, Kansas City to step up on the on the play fakes and things, I think they'll they'll play a good game. But if they can't establish the run game, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's interesting, Mike. The two times Kyle has been in the Super Bowl, once yeah. there and then in Atlanta as the OC, the running back exact, never had more than I think 12 or so exactly. touches. Exactly. That seems like it's definitely gonna change. And, and Christian McCaffrey <coughs> right. gives him that dynamic. Sure, right. And he had great run games back then, but now you got Trent Williams and the system. Yeah. Uh, but he was that he was that last. Piece to make that run game be phenomenal like it is. It's going to have to be a huge factor. Both of these teams, some issues on the run defense. Looking across that other sideline, mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes and everything mm -hmm. that he started to accomplish, that Super Bowl you're talking about, more on the front end of a lot of his success. But as you guys were getting ready for that week, what was the conversation about how you go about trying to limit a guy like that from being successful? Just, just playing your hardest. It, it, it came down to who wanted it more. Sure. Who wants it more? Who, Who's going to run to the sideline to push him out of bounds who's gonna do the extra the extra inch and that's really what the Super Bowl is like it's crazy so Mahomes is you can't stop him you can sure. only tame him so yeah. I think that was more uh, the game plan uh, of how do we make him one-dimensional because and then that one play where he threw it to Tyreek yeah. 50 yard bump was yeah was what we let him do and that changed the whole trajectory of the game so <laughs> keeping him limited from making those throws I think those things keeping him you know, packed in, like not letting him scramble, because he can scramble. Sure. So, so you can't just rush him one side and let him, he'll run out. So keeping that 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 pocket closed in, I think it'll make it tough on him. So those kind of details. Definitely wanted to get into your free agency, but mm -hmm. because the schedule is so different, even on game day, how different is, we're so used to a quick halftime in the NFL. Yeah. How oh, difficult and interesting was that at halftime? And take people down inside the locker room at halftime where you have all that extra time. Yeah, you're almost like warming up again. Like you're getting re-ready. So you really have to like stay hydrated. Um, eat, eat, you can eat. You can almost have a, a, lunch, a, a lunch. Not just like, you know, sometimes you have PB&Js, but yeah. you can like eat something. And it's just funny, man. It, it, it's, it's a part of the, the glitz and glamour. They, they, it's a glorified game. So you can't get too caught up in, Oh, I'm feeling too relaxed. Or that, it's almost like that's what they want you to do. So you're sure. caught up in it. So whoever can endure those different battles, there's different battles besides the game. Whoever can endure those battles better, I think has the better chance. Sounds like they had Uncrustables in the exactly. locker room. Exactly. Oh, there's always got to be Uncrustables, uncrustables in the locker room. Yes, so great. So great. <laughs> Only a couple minutes left here, Kendrick, and we appreciate okay. the time, yes, man. Gerard Mayo takes over. You just <laughs> left New England. What about him? Being around him on the staff makes you believe that he's ready for this moment. I love it because, uh, you know, he played for Bill as a player, a coach for him. So he's seen, I feel like, a different aspect of Bill that uh, people haven't seen. I think he's learned a lot. I think he knows a lot that people are underestimating. So I think he's going to, he's you know, he's younger. So he's going to um, 
meet with the young guys better in a sense and uh, and gel the old school vibe too. So I think he's going to gel it together uh, how how nobody else could because sure. he his perspective. If they would have went and got an outside entity, it would have been different than somebody that knows past, present, future. So he has a good perspective of all of them. Are you surprised Bill didn't get a job? Man, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm hoping he gets on TV. It's going to be all right. <laughs> you think Bill can actually go and get in front of the it. microphone and do well? I think well. he can do it. I was, so is he I'll, different behind the scenes than we He's get? different behind the scenes. He's okay. great, man. You, you remember when he put on the helmet? The helmet yeah, at, yes. the, at the, at the uh, Army game? Yes. Took over took over the world. Just, just those little things. That's how he is. So, like, that little glimpse is really how he is. He's great, man. He's, he's like... The ice was broken between us, so you have to build that relationship. Huh. Sure. He didn't like the media. That's just what it is. Right, but, right. But the fact that you can go up there and talk and, and do things like that says there's something in there that you can do huh. that. So there's I think he'll be different on TV. That's awesome. It's incredible, man. <laughs> so, uh, listen, you're getting started on your free agent journey here, man. What are you looking for here? What are your goals, and what are you try hoping to land in as far as the next stop yeah, here? I, I like that question. So I'm just – I want the full bundle. I'm going on, you know, my back end of my years. I want to play for a little more while. I feel like i got five good years left in me, but – I want that full experience. I want to, I'm creating memories. You know, football is just that memory base. So it ain't all about the money for me, man. I, I've, I've done right. So um, just, just being in the right place to where I can enjoy it, make money, you know, all, just the whole package, build relationships with guys and maybe find my next venture, you know, in, in a place, wherever it may be. So uh, I just giving myself the best opportunity, working out, rehabbing my knee, those things to give the team that picks me the best opportunity to be a better team. Well, listen, career average over 13 yards to catch. You're going to help somebody. Yeah, someone's going to dig you, that. Mark. Thank you. Definitely, <laughs> man. Kendrick, we appreciate your time, man. Best of luck. We know someone's going to get very lucky when they scoop you up, and we're looking forward to watching you ball out again. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate That's it very fun. much. Yes, sir. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. We are brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., our thanks to Kendrick Bourne hanging out. Man, that Listen, guy's got a future in television uh, if we, whatever well, he wants to well, hang you, up the you know, what, you know what I liked about what he said, and I think players of today, and it's a smart thing to do, is to prepare for what's next while you're in the game. Because while you're playing, you're relevant to people. Once you end, unless you're that, that sure. walk-in Hall of Famer where you're going to get a job no matter what, you'll get the 
the opportunity, I should say, you know, if you try and start things after, it's a little more difficult. And you heard him say, you know, I still want to play for a while longer while looking for my next venture. Sure. It's a, such a smart move to do. Uh, and he said he didn't worry about money as much. I wanted to, I told him after, I said, dude, no, 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 no don't say that. Yeah, just, you want, just, you want just, a lot of money. For grab all the doing. money you can right now because yeah. by, by comparison to other things in the world, it's a short career. So do your thing. I feel but, like Kendrick's our friend now, and we're yeah. not quite his agent, but we have his best interest in That's mind. exactly right. Kendrick's going to cost you a lot of money. He's yeah. worth a lot of money. <laughs> there so, you go. Uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll certainly hear more from that here. we got a bunch of great stuff coming up again. Anthony Munoz going to be up next year on us, the Hall of Fame left tackle here. Dan Lebitar going to sit down with us here. Jake Glazer, Jason Fitz. But, Dad, in the meantime, I wanted to listen to someone talk oh, their yeah. talk. This was incredible. So the Lions obviously disappointing final game in the right. NFC Championship game. But overall, as you talked about the other day in some other conversation we had, you got to remember how this season was framed coming in. The Lions winning the NFC North was already huge in the development yes, of this was. team right. from the time Dan Campbell took over. To get to the NFC Championship and having been in a position to win it, looking like the better team, they got a lot to be proud of. And Brad Holmes, their GM, decided he had the time wow. to let people know exactly how he felt about all of this stuff. This was Brad Holmes, the uh, Lions GM, at the podium deciding he wanted to go and pull some receipts from people that had been a little cr critical of their drafting. Take a listen. When you look back at those picks, and those picks were not welcomed by many in this room. You know, Dave, you want us to pick quarterback. You didn't want us to pick Sewell, you know, people didn't want us to wait to the fourth round to draft a wide receiver. You guys didn't agree, but we used those picks wisely. But we didn't have, we had one extra pick in 2021. We had a cop third. That was Ify Melifonu. Carlos, I know you said that that was a miss. I'm not up here to give uh, I, I told you so's. Um, you know, I will say that I told you so was when we selected the player. You know, saying that, man, the Detroit Lions, they're very intentional, very careful and selective with their picks. And these are like, it's not, it's not going to get the clicks. It ain't oh. no fun when the rabbits got the gun. Oh, wow. I mean, it, so, Dad, how did you receive this? Because part of me looks at this and goes, you know what? We all spend our time up here in this chair giving out grades for right. things, judging picks in the immediate reaction, having a response to what we see them do. Part of me goes, yeah, you know what? Every once in a while, if these guys hear and internalize that, I get it. At the same time, it's also like, all right, Brad Holmes, if you want to be the guy that all of a sudden starts to be combative with the media, if things do go yep, south, now yep. all of a sudden a lot of that goodwill goes out the door. Yeah, but but you know what? We're all human. And yeah. we saw him let out his joy in the in the elevator when they were oh, when he was screaming and how happy he was. So that that's human. You know, the GMs, the coaches, the players are not robots. They're human and they hear things. And his job is to create a team and make picks. So you're in the business, unfortunately, where people are gonna throw darts at things you do. Yep. And they're gonna do it publicly. So you can you know, from for the most part, you don't say anything because, in all honesty, you shouldn't care at all what the other people think when you start worrying about what the what the fans think. You're sitting with the fans, but you're human. So if you hear it enough, uh, and especially this organization, which has had no success, and now what they've built, and people still question that over the last couple of drafts, and he has the receipts yes, right now to say, seriously, look at my receipt is a long receipt of good things we did. But you're right. It can come trip you up as well. Remember Robert Sala over the Jets 
said at one point oh, he yeah. was keeping receipts, you oh, know. Yeah. So it can come back to bite you, but you look at the, the receipt list for the Lions, and it is one hell of a list for him on what he has done. I think you hit the nail on the head. This is a very human response. Yes. So often over the years, we've been used to athletes, coaches, people in the front office saying, oh, we don't listen to what the media says. We don't have oh. that on in the building <laughs> here. And more often than not, we know it's a line, especially in this day and age where there's just so many ways for that stuff to seep in. It is also a fun reminder, Dad, of how consistent the Lions are from top to bottom. They're a walking chip on their shoulder in that building. Yeah. Everybody, from players to coaches, clearly to the GM, all kind of feels the same way. Hey, it's Detroit versus everybody. Like, we hear that, but it's so lived inside that building, and it's why, regardless of some of the issues they ran into on the field, you do feel so good about the direction of that team because they are all pulling in the same direction. You've got a united front inside that building at every level of the way you need. That's why I said I think John Lynch has the most pressure on him in this Super Bowl. Sure. And, and, and people have got to be like, wait a minute, they've had a lot of success. Yes, they have. Been to a Super Bowl, lost it, been to a couple NFC championship games, but Every year we talk about their roster saying they're, if they're not the, they're one of the top two most complete teams in the NFL. There's nobody. And then once they got Christian McCaffrey, nobody who has more offensive depth than the 49ers. But you don't get to stand up and, you know, say, see, until you win the Super Bowl. And he's got that, unfortunately for him, that huge miss with yeah. Trey Lance where, I mean, it was about as bad as can be when not only you made a bad pick at that point, but you gave up assets to do it and then never got any kind of production at all from there. So he had to come back from that. And quite honestly, from the talent standpoint, he has. But you don't, you don't, you know, get that praise until you put that brass ring on and sure. so I, I to me that's why he's looking to close that deal to say yeah all these picks all these acquisitions has now worked for us to get to the top of the mountain yeah you've been able to build a roster up around these quarterbacks to give them that chance but you're right the opportunities few and far between even for a guy like that to survive the kind of swing and a miss that he had but that's what's at stake for a lot of these teams now coming up out of the draft we saw Michael Penix Jr. over here before right. around our set we know the quarterbacks coming up in this draft class I thought this was interesting. Albert Breer talked to Cliff Kingsbury, and this is what he said Cliff Kingsbury had to tell him about Caleb Williams, who he spent time with last year at his time at USC. Cliff loves, 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 loves Caleb Williams. Okay. <laughs> um, Cliff said to me on the record that the comparisons between he and Patrick Mahomes, right, like all of that, he said it's eerie how similar they are. Um, so and Cliff, remember, was like, Cliff would be the, was the one in 2017 who would tell everyone until he's blue in the face how Patrick Mahomes was much better than everybody thought. I mean, Dad, a guy who knows them both very well has seen under the hood of both of these quarterback prospects. And it's been the easy comparison, right, for Caleb Williams for a while because of all the off-platform stuff, because of the way he can get out. Hell, even the running styles are a little bit similar, but we know this can also be a tough label to live up to going pre-draft. So we, we look at the situation now with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury in Washington, right? So everybody that has the speculation, if he loves Caleb Williams that much, Washington's going to jump over Chicago. Chicago's going to take a quarterback. Well, you know what? Chicago doesn't have to budge. And there's only certain ways that's going to happen. And the main way that's going, well, there's two ways. But the, one of the first ways is, what are Chicago's grades on the quarterbacks? Sure. If your grade on Caleb Williams is so far more than Jaden Daniels or uh, Drake May, 
then nothing changes your mind. No, not any package Washington can offer you changes your mind. If the grades are close, then you obviously make it sound like they're not that close, and you try and get what you can get for it. Because if you have a Caleb Williams and a Drake May separated by a point or two, man, you play that game, you 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 play oh, that you instrument. Leak, you leak yes, everything yes. humanly possible that Caleb Williams is going to be a Chicago Bear, yeah. and that this Bears organization, and they're all in love with this guy, and then you try and see yeah, just how much you can get But that's what it comes down to, the grade. It, yeah. it, it, nothing on the outside, nothing anybody says, it's all in. In Hallis Hall on what their grade is on the quarterback that they want to take. And it's going to be a lot more based on what they find out peeking under the hood talking to these guys personally because I can say as players the way I have perceived them has always been and I said this during the regular season in college football this conversation was going to be a lot more split than people thought it was who just wanted Caleb Williams to be the number one guy. I do think it's even enough to where man if you're Chicago and Washington's really sold on this dude because they got Cliff whispering in their ear you drive it up and you try and see hey can we Try some more out of this yep. in a draft where we know the Bears are armed to the teeth with capital. Super Bowl four years ago between the 49ers and Chiefs. 24-20 was the score, and Jimmy Garoppolo has this amazing golden opportunity to hit Emmanuel Sanders on the deep post and can't do it. And I think that that quest for six just continues to haunt the 49ers as an organization. That'll live in my head and that'll live in infamy in Super Bowl history for a long time. Uh, Stormy's pain palpable there, <laughs> as is the pain of the hungover masses walking around Las Vegas every morning when we get up out here. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., it's Gojo and Golick, presented by 1-800-Flowers.com. DraftKings official flowers for Valentine's. Someone who's always ready for the moment, Hall of Fame offensive tackle Anthony Munoz. He got to catch up with Dad and have a little conversation here at Radio Row. All right, Moon, so listen, the individual accolades we know. We've known each other a long time, uh, 13, 14 years in the league, all everything, greatest offensive lineman to ever play the game. Though we're here at the Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, you've lost both Super Bowls. So take me through that experience of making the Super Bowl and going through the process and getting to the game. You know, it's um, so my first one. You know, my rookie year, we're 6-10. and 10. You can see it's getting better, but you know a lot of people. Hey, you're okay. So the next year we go 12 and four. We have home field advantage, and we go to Pontiac, and we're playing a team that's basically coming through the same thing. Not a very good team. They're starting to win. They got a decent quarterback from your alma mater. I think his name's Joe Montana. Yeah, and, heard uh, of him. Yeah, I, heard I, of him. Yeah, I heard of him. Uh, you know, when I was in college at SC, I, I heard of him too. <laughs> but uh, so there were. I think it was kind of a pick'em game, and uh, we're playing and very easily could have won the game. But uh, you know, they had the big goal line stand. Uh, in that uh, we had all the momentum going in the second half, and that kind of put a kibosh to that. And they kick a couple field goals late in the game, and they beat us. Uh, and then the second one, you know, again, I thought we had, you know, they had won a couple already, uh, and I thought we were pretty evenly matched. And uh, the entire game, our defense had kind of given a lot of yards, but not a lot of points uh, until that last drive. And, uh, you know, I was asked earlier, how'd you feel? Do you think it was inedible that uh, they're going to? And I said, no, I thought we were actually going to stop them. And, uh, you know, 92 yards in three minutes, I'm thinking, you know, it looks pretty good, and sure enough, there they go. And, you know, <laughs> Rice has a, a monster game, but he's not the one that makes the final catch. It's right. John Taylor, yep. who didn't have a catch all game. Uh, so, 
you know, again, it's that drive, that last drive, 34 seconds left, and we end up losing to them again. But you know what? You know, a lot of guys say, I don't know how – if I knew I was going to lose, I'd rather not go to a See, Super Bowl. See, I was going to ask you that. I not said me. I heard that as not well. Me. Someone said I'd rather, I'd rather not go than go and lose. And no. and I I that, that, I can't comprehend that you either. I, I can't think. either. Yeah. I I just don't understand that. I mean that's that's what I worked all off season running and lifting in camp. You know the two a days full yeah. pads that we yeah. used to have to get in the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. Sure, you want to win. I'm as competitive as anybody, but to have lost them and say no, nah, I would rather not. Nah, not me. Not that, me. It is crazy. Yeah. So you have a, a, a lineman in this game, Trent Williams, who 14 years in the league, he's a guy who's going to walk into the Hall of yep, Fame. I agree. But I, I got to talk to him the other day, and he was all wide-eyed like it's his first Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's what you play for, the yeah. Super Bowl. So all the individual accolades, you know, compare that to actually getting to yeah. the chance to win the Super Bowl as a team. Well, you know, it's interesting because you, you we just talk about if I knew I was going to lose, I wouldn't. Right. Think about all the Hall of Famers that never got in the playoffs, let alone played in the Super Bowl. Uh, but that's our, yeah, so I can see where he's a little geeked about playing in the Super Bowl after 14 years in the league. And the guy's amazing. I mean, he keeps getting better every year. So uh, those are the type of guys that, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm a 49er fan. or Right, want, right. But you want a, a Super Bowl for a guy like that. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, we're, I know you're here on behalf of Toyota. Yeah. We're going to definitely yeah. get to that because it's an incredible thing you're, yeah. you're doing with them. So the game itself. I, in, in, I never got past the divisional round, so all I hear is from people who played in it was like one of the first things was when you get introduced, don't trip. <laughs> but, but how different is it for the game day of the normal prep you do in the regular season to that game with everything prolonged? You know what? It gets, it gets prolonged. I mean, it gets yeah. long. Um, you know, you figure you got two weeks. And then not only you have two weeks, but then the game starts in the evening. I hated night games. Me too. A lot of guys, I want to play Monday night. And I know you get rewarded, but it's a, I mean, that's The late. first couple times it's cool, it's right? Cool. But then after it just disrupts your, your uh your, I'm usually sleeping by yeah, halftime. Exactly. You know? But, uh, yeah, so I like getting up, eating a little bit, and then getting to the stadium. You're playing 630. So I'll never forget, both times you're in the meeting room. You got the light. You're watching video. You've watched the same video for two weeks. Right. And Jim McNally, who I played my whole career for, my offensive line coach, Turns off the projector because hey, we know this forwards and backwards. He goes, let's just start visualizing how we're going to win this game. So we'd sit in there with the lights out. But, uh, yeah, it, those two weeks, I mean, the first week is exciting because the media right. comes to your city and you're you know, getting tickets for your family and making sure they're all taken care of. Then that second week, it's preparation. I mean, it's, hey, don't bother me with, you know, traveling tickets. Uh, and then it's two weeks. And then you get to the game and that Sunday feels like two weeks right. because it's, it's so late. But, uh, again, I wouldn't have minded, you know, seven of those yeah, long Sundays. Yeah. yeah. How about how about like for your individual prep? I told you I talked with Trent yeah. Williams, so a guy who dominates people like you dominated people, but your greatness is because of the preparation as well on who you're going to play. So how did you go about not playing guys like me who <laughs> but no. but guys that were, yeah. were were like top players and well, prepping for them? Well I can say I had a book on you. I mean, because Houston, Philadelphia. Right. So I would have a book on whoever I was gonna play. I had pages of what happened if I played them before, what technique I used, what happened. So then I wouldn't just have one pass set. And I look at guys at vertical set the entire season. I had five or six different pass sets. Okay, with Golik, I'm going to use A, B, and maybe E. Eliminate the other ones. I'm gonna, so when I start getting ready for you, I practice that all week. And I build confidence in what I'm doing against you. 
So then Jimmy would say Saturday, he goes, it's down, right? You're confident with what you're doing? I said, yep, I'm confident. So I knew going into the game what technique I was going to use against who I was playing with. Against. Wow, that's pretty and, impressive. Uh, and then I, you know, I knew, I knew what your best move was. Right. So I knew if you had if your best move was inside, I'm not going to overplay you. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go outside because I know you want to go inside. Right. And vice versa. So I would start picking targets. If I knew you had a great inside move, I wouldn't pick the inside chest pack. I would pick that little point on the Nike swoosh there, and that would be my target. By the end of the game, I didn't want to know what you look like because I wanted to be focused in on that. Now, so unfortunately, the, yeah. I would say, unfortunately for me, the book you had on me was a <laughs> sentence long. And it's well, a, I have it right here. Said I, so. <laughs> <laughs> said I get a play off on this. So, uh, and word is that, remember, I did this to you. I did that to him on one play. Well, I think it's no, when you were going on your back yeah. and I got stuck in your helmet. <laughs> that was it. That was it. All right, let's get to the very cool yeah. thing. Toyota, yeah. uh, they partnered with the NFL yeah. last fall, and I know that they brought you in to help grow the game in the Latino community. Yeah. So so that's really very cool. So tell me about no, that. No, I think it's, it's really cool, and it's important to me that Toyota and the NFL, uh, you know, for over half a century have been partnering to really – have experiences for family, iconic experiences and stuff. And when they asked me to be part of this panel uh, here today, Deanna Flores, she's a championship flag football player yes. from, from Mexico City. She's got City. a gun arm. I've oh seen her goodness. throw. Yeah. 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 Marissa, who works with the NFL City, is to really grow the fandom, you know, of the NFL and the Latino community. And even though I, I was born here, so I'm, a, you know, I'm born in the United States, but my family was from Mexico, and they brought the culture to me. So that was always important to me growing up to really try to be a trailblazer, be an example for younger Latino kids that, hey, you can do this. If it's the NFL, you can do it. As you know, you know Max Montoya. We were yeah. on the same line for 10 years. He's from East L.A., played at East L.A. I'm from, you know, 15 minutes down the road. So the fact that, you know, we are building this and it's become so big now, and I have a chance through my foundation to have camps where I have, you know, 150 young Latino kids that teach them the game of football, teach them character and team building. I've been in Mexico City for like eight, nine years in a row prior to COVID to do the same thing. I was, I've been in 32, 30 of the 32 NFL cities doing the, the Hispanic outreach with the NFL. So very important that we do that. And, of course, flag football is becoming huge. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize I was a product of flag football from eight years old to 13. So, I, you know, millions and millions of kids are playing flag football, not only in the States, but in Mexico and around the world. And so any way we can build that, and, I, and I'm thankful that Toyota and the NFL yeah. are partnered with that. And uh, hopefully at my age, I can continue to contribute some of this uh, as they continue to build this uh, fandom in the United States uh, and the NFL. As you know, I mean, they're all over the place. Listen, well, one of the reasons why you're the greatest old lineman to ever play the game, but you're a better man for well, all these things you go, do. So hey, always, always great, great to seeing see you, man. man. Really Thank is. you. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.